Hi, this is Chris Westfall, and this is the Financial Executive Podcast. Over the past year, as the price of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies has risen, institutions have started to take a serious look at digital currencies, not only for customer transactions, but also as an asset class to hold on the balance sheet within treasury accounts. It should be no surprise that an ecosystem of providers is cropping up to assist companies in the transition into digital currencies. In this episode of the Financial Executive Podcast, we speak with Luke Sully, CEO of the newly launched Ledgermatic, a startup that is looking to address the market by providing corporate treasury services for crypto. So Luke, uh, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Um, certainly a lot of your work is very interesting and, and um, especially relevant to uh, what we're focusing here at FAI on crypto. So could you sort of give me the uh, story behind Ledgermatic and its place in the ecosystem right now? Yeah, sure. So um, Ledgermatic for us, I think, is the first real attempt to put together a, a TMS, a treasury management solution mm-hmm. uh, for enterprise and institutions. Um, uh, we, we believe that um, CFOs, chief accounting officers and treasurers remain a really kind of underserved part of the market. And it's sort of disproportionate to the amount of trading and retail interest activity um, and use cases that are developing. So um, so with all of that focus going into um, to the, the digital asset industry, we felt that um, we felt that if, if, you're, if you're looking to move this industry on and really provide some real-world um, economic value outside of, uh, outside of simply trading, um, mm. then a TMS, and particularly a non-bank-affiliated TMS, to help CFOs to, to transact in digital assets, hold, store, account, and finance using digital assets, and then interoperate between fiat and digital um, really would be the way forward. So we actually came out of a custody business that we built um, uh, so 18 months prior to that. So we still we still offer custody as a as a feature of the TMS system. So it's a little, it's not quite the typical infrastructure that you would see, but you know, there's nothing particularly typical about digital assets. Just to be quite honest with you, right. so um, you know, so so for us, yeah, we announced that um, um, we 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 announced uh, the the, the matic brand in in January, and um, yeah, we've had some you know fantastic um, you know market interest, um, uh, and, and I think there's a the observation I'd have is there's generally a, a higher level of understanding, a higher level of interest in digital assets, not just Bitcoin, uh, but digital assets in, in Fortune 500 than, um, than I think is sort of publicly known. So, so I think the, the timing of our entrance into the market was, yeah, was, was, was pretty opportune as well. And, and just to clarify, uh, the custody um, business was specifically for digital assets and crypto. Yeah, right? that's that, that's right. Yeah, for, for digital assets and cryptocurrencies. I just yeah. want to clarify that. So, um, you know, obviously, as mentioned, there's a great deal of um, you know investor interest, retail interest in crypto. Um, certainly, a lot of media around it. But in what ways is the case for crypto in corporate treasury and on balance sheet different from from just the average investor? So CFOs, treasuries, um, you know, they 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 account for digital assets differently than than, than investment funds, mm. and and I think their risk appetite 
um, and their pos- their uh, position in the market is very different. So so they they treat the asset class um, you know quite quite differently. I think uh, for corporates, you know, we we're still sort of slightly bent around the axle at the moment uh, on sort of Bitcoin on the balance sheet as this sort of very first single use case, and right. that's generating a lot of press and it's sort of focusing a lot of attention. But if you pull back to thirty thousand foot, what we're really talking about here is um, is being able to make uh, corporate and intercompany payments at a, at a fraction of the cost uh, and, and to settle in, in minutes to reduce counterparty risk and, and settlement risk mm. using, using the underlying blockchain. Um, and, and that's a function uh, which we think is really powerful. It's probably the, the, the first and you know, great use case for, for, for blockchain. But if you then um, advance a little bit more and think about um, you know, where, where this can go, but, you know, there, there's a sort of North star of central bank digital currencies. Right. Uh, there are, um, security tokens or, um, yeah, um, uh, yeah, securities that are going to be tokenized. There's this sort of wave of tokenization that's coming in place. And so it's sort of, you, you have to ask yourself where, where are, um, you know, where are corporates, um, you know, how are corporates going to be interacting with the global economy and how are they going to store and transfer value? Yeah. Um, and so, so we think that's sort of the longer tail of this thing rather than just sort of Bitcoin on the balance sheet. And, I, you know, we, we understand the, the position right now, you know, there's not much yield out there. Um, and so, uh, uh, so obviously people are taking a second look at Bitcoin, particularly as it, um, uh, some of the growth, um, you know, over the last few months has, has seen. So, so, so we understand that, but I think, you know, ultimately is the TM, you know, ultimately for CFOs and treasurers, you know, they're, they're looking to manage cash. Um, they're looking to manage risk. And if they can find a way to interoperate between fiat and digital assets to access financing for faster and cheaper, particularly on, um, on, uh, you know, short term basis, um, if they can transact and move value, uh, through, through their network to counterparties fast and cheap, if they can reduce counterparty risk reduce settlement risk um, and then be able to operate in central bank digital currencies and enter new markets. You know, we think this starts to transform um, and keep corporate on a par with the way that the world is, is marching towards. Yeah, so uh, that biggest question, I know you mentioned Bitcoin um, and there are a lot of tokens out there. Um, you know, what tokens does Logomatic support and, and Certainly, why do they support them? Because there's yeah, there's a ton of yeah. I mean, there's a lot, right? There's uh, last count there was sort of fifteen hundred, right? Um, yeah, some you know are more yeah, you know, some are more liquid than others. Um, you know, some have uh, a lot more trading volume. You know, for us, let's say in in sort of version one, which is sort of let's say that's that's sort of where Legimatic is right now. Um, um, <clears throat> you've got um, you've got uh, Bitcoin. Ethereum and Litecoin as the generally sort of understood sort of trading, uh, tradable assets. Um, You have stable coins, the US dollar backed tokens, um, USDC. Um, We think that's a very powerful um, uh, corporate use case for for corporate payments uh, because it's much less volatile, it's not very volatile. Um, And then, um, and then gold, right? So, so uh, gold backed tokens, uh, we're working with a partner in Australia. Uh, to provide that on the platform. So if you're a treasurer, you know, <clears throat> you, know you can, um, 
uh, you you know you, you can you can make payments in, in US dollars, you know, back 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 stable coin. You can you can you can hold um, some of the tradable uh, assets, and then you can also convert in and out of gold as well. So you have both um, uh, you know less volatile, well understood assets, but also you know some of the purer purer crypto. Um, and then uh, as we march forward, we have clients who are interested in. Um, in a range of other tokens, we we have a very a close relationship with a with a with a blockchain and a, an ecosystem called Algorand, which is built out of MIT. Mm. Um, so we accept um, uh, Algorand and we and, and stable coins that, that are transacted across Algorand as well. And then we have a few others um, that are that are coming through. Um, which uh, I think for, for, for trading reasons uh, seem like very strong use cases. So there's another sort of batch of three or four that are coming through. And then that's all to be, that can all be accessed across, um, you know, probably there's top, top 20 crypto exchanges. Um, so integrating um, uh, into those exchanges so folks can, uh, can pull and push the values in and out and you know, convert and redeem. Uh, and then also, um, you know, we can we have the ability to uh, to integrate uh, you know, your fiat bank, uh, fiat bank as well. So you have a you, you have a global position on your on your um, assets and liabilities in both digital and and fiat as well. What's your, what's your hurdle for um, accepting a token? I mean, you think about something like Dogecoin, which has a ton of liquidity and a ton of volatility in it, but doesn't necessarily, I would think, doesn't necessarily lend itself to a corporate uh, transaction or does it? Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I'm sort of shaking my head off camera here um, <laughs> uh, without wanting to, to do doge down. Um, yeah. So, so there has to be a, a real viable use case yeah. that the client wants behind it. There has to be enough liquidity um, to be able to redeem in and out of other tokens. And that usually means it has to be based on a number of, of crypto exchanges. So if you imagine the barrier to entry right now is the, is the, is the, is the level of, of KYC and due diligence that's done by the crypto exchanges to accept these tokens. That's kind of how it starts, right? So, um, you know, if you have tokens that don't have much trading volume, they don't have much liquidity, they're, they're pretty esoteric trading use cases and they're not on an exchange, you know, you're, you're better off, um, um, you know, not, not swinging at those pitches, right? But, um, you know, but ultimately for the CFO, um, yeah, the, 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 uh, the, the ability to redeem and convert um, in, in multiple jurisdictions is really, really important, right? So that aids and boosts the, the, the functionality of, uh, of the token. So, so uh, you know, certainly our listeners and our, our members are very focused on, you know, the, the assurance uh, around, uh, you know, anything that they do. So how do you manage the assurance around that technology, the policies, the controls of, of your efforts around crypto? Yeah, we've spent a, a lot of time on the financial controls and policy management for, for, for uh, our clients on this system. And, um, I, I think that it's best understood in in a kind of a, a simple way. So, right now, when you're looking to to, to um, a, a build a policy or a workflow around uh, around a crypto asset, you know, it's, it's usually the ability to move that that value um, in and out of wallets uh, and to other counterparties. Mm. And right now, there's a lot of you know security, you know, sort of key security around that as to 
um, how those transactions can be can be affected. But there's not really um, a great deal of focus on the the controls environment if you have um, if you're yeah, if you're looking to um, initiate, authorize, delay, veto, respond, rescind a transaction, that those those functionalities and controls just, just aren't really in place right. right now, and haven't been. Partly because you know the the industry's grown up with with retail, and then it's grown up with trading, so it hasn't really had this really strong focus on financial control. So you know, so then maybe you know, right now in the market, you get maybe between one and three financial controls functions you can do on a, on a, on a, on a, on a transaction. And with us, we've built 12. Mm-hmm. So you have a, you have ability on a really granular level to build these sort of workflows that work for the work for the CFO. So if you, if you have a, um, you know, a mid-level ARAP person, you know, that you may need to hit the button, but you need to ultimately, um, you know, veto delay or, or object to a transaction, you know, um, you can do that. And so you have, you have an ability to, to build more complex workflows that work for you and your governance structures. And, <coughs> excuse me. And I mean, we find that that has resonated really strongly in the market. So, um, so folks are coming to us saying, well, look, we have, you know, uh, access, to, we use a bunch of third party crypto infrastructure exchanges and, and some, you know, maybe custodian in, in the US, but we actually need to pull all this together um, and sit it under one umbrella, one financial controls umbrella, so that we have a full audit trail and we're able to really kind of dig in and, and reflect the financial controls that we have in our normal day to day business, but in, in digital as well. Um, and that starting to that message is starting to resonate and it's starting to pull those technology strands together um, so that you're not in a position where you have to sort of scurry off to another computer, log in, uh, find the other person that was supposed to, you know, submit a transaction um, and then, you know, do that transaction, kind of run back to your main computer, see where it is, mm. um, and do that in isolation. You know, it's not, we're, we're, you know, the, the industry is, is, hasn't worked particularly hard on this level of interoperability and financial controls that give greater assurances and then greater trust. And so that's a, we've, we've spent a, a lot of time on that. So that's probably one of our big USPs. So uh, I would assume that means working with both internal audit and the external audit i mean how do you you sort of um make all those pieces work together or is it sort of just at the beginning phase of that well you know you you certainly um you're certainly going to have the involvement of 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 compliance and and oversight functions in 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 the business Mm -hmm. um and you're going to have to be able to 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 expose you know the transactions and the work that you're doing to um to internal audit to your financial yeah fpna teams you need to explore that data to build financial statements um you need to isolate compliance sensitive accounts um you'll need to you know you can you can build a policy centrally but 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 manage it in a decentralized fashion if you're working with a counterparty you know southeast asia or africa right all of that you know needs to be taken into account so so that's again, you know, some of the big challenges um, that I that I think um, the, the infrastructure has that, that yeah we're trying to solve. Um, 
uh, you know, and, 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 you know, t- t- treasury teams like still work in Excel, so we recognise right. that, right? And so, you know, I think I think the most used button is export to Excel <laughs> at times, <laughs> right? So, which is <laughs> which is <laughs> totally fine, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, but, but yeah, I, I think sort of. The, the, the next big phase for us is when we when we really start to see clients integrate this not only with their fiat banking side but with their ERP systems as well yeah. and integrating that um, and that's only there's only the green shoots of, of that um, have have been seen so far in the industry so we don't I mean the, the sort of first sort of principles for us is is to be able to interoperate as much as right. possible and to embed all this with, with existing systems. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, there's obviously some complexity around that, but it's not, you know, it, it's easily overcome. Um, yeah, these are paths that are trodden before when you're integrating you know, ERP systems into, into other, into other systems. So, um, but yeah, we, I think that's where you'll start to see the value. Uh, but th- th- those are all, th- you know, those are all key stakeholders for us. Right. And right. so, um, so yeah, it was the, who we look to service. I would assume, I mean, uh, I shouldn't assume anything, but, um, that you're seeing a great deal more interest, dis- interest in this in Europe and some other jurisdictions, uh, rather than the U S or is that not the case? How, how, you know, what's your position on that? And it's not really the case, actually. I think um, I think a, a lot of the noise is, is right now is, is coming out of the US, and, and some of the big use cases, Tesla, um, Jack Dorsey at uh, right. Twitter and, and Square, right? um, this chap at MicroStrategy, Michael Saylor. Right? Right. These are all these are all sort of in that first wave of early adopters that we're sort of classifying as the maverick CEO. Yeah, and so they're sort of championing this right now out of the US, but uh, and it makes you know it makes a lot of sense. Um, but actually, some of the real world value will be in places like in the emerging economies. Um, mm. if, you, if you think about what's happened over the last eighteen months, you know, the emerging economies have absorbed so much more US dollar denominated debt than any time in history. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, and you know, they're also each central bank is really um, tackling you know a post-COVID economy in a completely different way, and that's leaving, I think, a lot of local currencies to uh, um, uh, to, to there's, you've got a lot of FX volatility based on that, I think. Mm. And so, if you all say a Turkish pipe manufacturer and you're looking to do business with your counterparties in 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 Europe and the US, you know, you've got a couple of challenges on you right now. Yeah. So you've got you know, you've, you've been forced to absorb a lot of US dollar denominated net debt from the commercial banks that the central banks push down. And, you know, you've got Turkish lira that's, that's, that's depreciating, you know, quite considerably um, in a short amount of time, but, but you still need, need to stay connected uh, 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 with, with your counterparties around the world. So, so really, I think what, what digital assets and, and what Ledgermatic is trying to do is to provide that parallel channel to be able to continue to, um, to, to, uh, to find low-cost ways of, of transacting with counterparties around the world. And also, um, by moving into digital assets, it means you don't have to, um, uh, you don't have to transact as much with, um, let's say, expensive and slow banking infrastructure and expose the business to a lot of FX volatility. So you have this ability to, um, to, not, um, to, to not be exposed to as much FX volatility as, as, um, 
uh, as we think uh, they have done before. Um, and so there's a it's it's a it's a really a buoyancy aid um, for for some of these economies to stay globally connected at, uh, during difficult times. So yeah, obviously depending on each jurisdiction's attitude towards cryptocurrencies. I mean, we're not talking about though we're not talking about Bitcoin uh, all the time. We right. Have, Broad, broad, uh, broad brushstroke there. Um, you know, we feel that there's a lot of value, and um, uh, so, so yeah. Again, a lot of interest uh, coming from places like Turkey and, and Argentina, as as well as the the fourteen two fifty that are always trying to squeeze as much cost out of their business as possible. You know, one of the things that uh, you know in our discussions in doing this project is, um, you know, is is there a national hedge? to crypto um and that's especially you know important for you know corporates what's your thought on that and and how you know does does ledgermatic have a a process in, in place for that so when you when you say national hedge you mean a, a natural hedge a natural hedge yeah oh all right i'm sorry this is a national hedge um <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, either um, or, yeah. either or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it, 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 to a to a certain degree, it is. You know, when you start to pull out of the Bitcoin on the balance sheet and this sort of single use case, mm. you know, um, what we are um, we are a hedge against local currency depreciation, right? Mm. You know, by because you can diversify the amount of assets you use for storage and transaction, right? right. Some being less volatile than your own currency. Um, we're a hedge against costly banking infrastructure. Mm. And if you look at some of the bank affiliated treasury management products coming out, sort of in-house banking and, uh, and VAM software, these are all in an effort to reduce the footprint that corporates have with, with, um, with banks around the world, right? right? So banks are kind of eating each other a little bit. So we're sort of extending that, um, that theory on a couple more steps, right? Um, and it's a, you know, it's a hedge against low yield environment, right? So mm. it's it's you know there, there are billions of dollars moving into um, you know short term uh, crypto denominated yield environments, um, and uh, either actively um, but but mostly through um, you know trusts and and soon ETFs. Um, so so exposing you know corporates to that uh, capability, right? To take a to you know to use a. a, a a, a, a digital asset um, sweep account, right, to take right. excess revenues and, and deploy it, right, to, to generate you know, eight, twelve percent, and, and then con convert it back into to US dollars, right. These are all attractive options that I think will start to be absorbed. So, you know, I th so I think you're you're right. Like in today's environment, there's a couple of strong use cases, but yeah, you know, in, in the future, you know, we, you know, we we think. Uh, you know, the, 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 there are long working capital cycles, right? The, the, there's a lot of focus and a lot of software and analytics focused on trying to um, uh, trying to short working capital cycles and, and free up capital, right? Um, mm. And so, and so we want to kind of lend our shoulder to that wheel as well. So, so you know, we're not, really not taking anything off the table when it comes to what we what, what problems we're trying to solve for corporates. You know, one of the things that comes up often is, uh, you know, just in the U.S. alone, there's so much uncertainty around the accounting and regulation uh, around crypto. And then if you're a multinational, you know, there's so many different approaches based on jurisdictions. Um, how do you, 
how do you think that affects the decision to work with it on a, on a corporate level? And, and how, how do you think about that? So we have a, an immense amount of, of, of sympathy for, for, for CFOs that are kind of putting their toe in the water here. Um, you know, it's, like I said, Bitcoin sort of treated as an intangible asset on the gap, and it really isn't an intangible asset, but it seems to be the place where people have parked it for the moment. Um, I actually think the, the biggest challenge, if I'm a CFO, and I'm uh, particularly over the last six months, is the fact that you know, I can't make a block trade in digital assets and Bitcoin without mm. moving the market. Right, right. You know, and, and I think, so I think, you know, that, that, um, that I think has a, um, a, a huge impact on, on the decision-making, um, on the criteria as to how and where to take on a digital asset portfolio, digital assets in your portfolio. I mean, Right now, apart from Michael Saylor, right, we've only really got two big Maverick CEOs that are holding Bitcoin, and they both have hybrid strategies. So they both, they both, um, well, up until recently at least, you know, they they both took on Bitcoin on their balance sheet, but also they used it as a payment mechanism, and right. so some of those would be classified as revenues. Um, and Jack Dorsey hasn't changed that opinion, and, and well, unless it says so in its 10K that's coming out next, I don't know. Right, but they so they both had this sort of hybrid utility strategy um, uh, to, to, towards towards Bitcoin, um, and I think that that sort of softened the blow to some degree as to how as it gave them more tools in terms of how to account for it. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, uh, it's not settled science where Bitcoin's ultimate place is on a corporate balance sheet. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I, I think, I think we're learning a lot from some of these first early adopters, but ultimately I think if you, if you're a CFO, would you, would you hold Bitcoin you know, directly or would you, would you, you know, invest in, in, in a fund or a, a hedge fund that has Bitcoin as part of its portfolio? Um, and, and I, I think ultimately until ETFs are really, launched properly in the US, you won't really see where the Bitcoin's ultimate place is because you don't really have a great deal of options right now. Um, yeah. So so Bitcoin will find its place. Um, stable coins will find their place. Um, you know, yield generating sort of staking services, they'll find their place as well. Um, but, uh, but it's really early days right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think folks are still kind of kind of watching and learning. So sort of a last question for you, and, you know, this is something we're trying to understand is, you know, you can imagine that the market is pushing, you know, CFOs, controllers, accounting officers into understanding crypto. Um, management teams are pushing them to sort of like, we got to get on top of this sort of thing. And then, you know, they have, you know, the, what, the accounting that they have to deal with. So they're, they're trying to be enthusiastic, but they remain skeptical. So, so what do you say to, um, you know, a financial executive sort of skeptical of crypto, especially with some of the high profile headlines that have come out, um, you know, around security or, you know, scams even what, what's, what's your talking points to them? 
Yeah, so I, I, the, the first one is that sort of the, you know, crypto is not Bitcoin. Crypto is not just scams, right? The, 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 the underlying fundamental premise is that you can move value um, very fast, very cheap, and settle almost instantaneously and lower counterparty risk. Mm. Um, and that is a fundamental you know, value proposition. It's been there since day one with, with Bitcoin and has been built on and expanded and large by other protocols, other, other blockchains. Um, so, so, and I understand it's difficult to kind of sift out the, the signals from, from the noise. Um, right. You know, ultimately, if you think sort of three to five years ahead, um, you know, there, there will be a G7 country that, that will have adopted you know, central bank digital currencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will impact, um, you know, how businesses transact, um, what, um, what types of markets they can move into. Um, so, so these are trends which are actually are coming at you faster than they were, I think, 18 months ago. Right. Um, but also, you know, if you're in the US right now, there's a sort of, if you go back and look at, sort of take a historical view as well, at a sort of 30,000 foot level, like countries which have been financially innovative have tended to also be geopolitically dominant. Yeah. And the, the US um, is no stranger to that and has been had primacy due to the greenback for, for many years. And that's not a position that they're going to want to lose. Mm. And I think strategically their adoption of, Digital assets, digital currencies, central bank digital currencies, digital dollars—you know—is is a sort of a natural evolutionary phase in that. So whether it's um, whether it's new markets underneath you that are open to to using and accepting digital assets, or whether it's a top-down sort of thirty thousand foot view as to how we're going to transact in the future, it's still it's it's pointed to to this digital asset world. Um, so, so I, th- I, 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 th- I think that's probably the best way to look at it rather than the sort of day-to-day, um, you know, hype cycle that you're going to get because, uh, you know, Bitcoin and, and digital assets are, um, you know, trade, are primarily trading assets right now on that. And so the, the news cycles kind of wrap around that particular use case a lot, you know, more strongly than, than others. But, um, but that future is sort of hurtling towards us a, a heck of a lot faster than it was, I think, 18 months, two years ago. Yeah. So what's the next step for Logimatic? I, I know there's a, I saw the white paper. What, what's your next ah, step? So, so you're the one that read it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, read, I read them all. I read them all. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Um, well, we got, a, we got a, 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 a ton more to build. So mm-hmm. we have a pretty aggressive build schedule um, over the next um 12 months actually um, um, to, to build out more functionality around Legimatic mm. and we've got some really good you know um, some, some really good clients um, that are giving us some great feedback so so we're just looking to build and expand really um, you know we're a as, as a software business, um, you know, it's a pretty an enterprise SaaS business. It's, it's still aggressive. Uh, the market's very aggressive, right. um, and then this market especially. But yeah, so there'll be some there'll be some product releases coming out a little bit later in the year around um, uh, you know giving CFOs a, a lot more functionality around uh, the ability to make trades without moving the market. 
And so I think that yeah. might that might uh, be, be pretty attractive to folks. Great. Those are my questions. I want to thank you for taking the time. Chris, appreciate it.